Well, good morning, everybody. The first reading is from Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could be found who could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of the elders, from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. When he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding bowls, golden bowls, full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now our gospel reading. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the first and the last, says the Lord, and the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Alleluia. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel reading is from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. It's on the road to Emmaus. Now that same day, two of them, that's the resurrection morning, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked with them. But they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing? 
waltzing together as you walk along. They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, this is Jesus, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, saying, it's true, the Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Do be seated. Let us pray. God of heaven, Father to us, reveal before our eyes today the message you want to bring to us. Father God, use my notes and thoughts and your Holy Spirit to teach us all something new today. Amen. Amen. Well, I've called my talk today, The Lion Walking Beside Me. And that's because our first reading referenced the Lion of Judah. And then our second reading was those two guys walking on the road to Emmaus, seven miles, with Jesus. 
and how, in fact, the Lion of Judah is that picture of Jesus. And I've had this Lion of Judah on my mind for about eight weeks in particular. He won't go away. It all started when a lady at Christchurch Infants decided to do a fundraising project and said, let's have a scarecrow trail. And they're all going to be film characters, these scarecrows. And I thought, well, if the infant school are involved and the community involved, the church should be involved. So we'd better have a scarecrow. It'd be nice to put it on the front door of the church, but we can't get in there. So we'll have our scarecrow on the front door of the parish hall. What will it be? And I was, have you heard of a scarecrow trail before? Puckle Church have one. So there are going to be 77 scarecrows this weekend in Downend. Now I've got some maps, so if if at the end you want to buy one, they're two pounds. I've only got about 10 maps, but I can get more if we want more. It's going to be very exciting. And I was trying to think about a film character that was A, one that I could make, and B, one that had something to do with Christianity. I thought if the church is having a scarecrow, it's got to represent God somehow. I discounted making a model of Jesus because I just knew that I wouldn't be able to. I thought about the Lego movie because the character in the Lego movie is an amazing kind of ordinary guy who becomes the saviour of everything that's going on in the Lego movie. But that one had already been taken. And then I thought about the film Narnia, which represents the chronicles of... um, The Chronicles of Narnia, and the book The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. So Aslan, our Narnia character, who's going to be our scarecrow, is beside me. Would you like to see him? Are you ready? He's a little bit square. But there we go. This is Aslan. The children painted him yellow on Easter Sunday. It was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. And at Messy Church, the week before, we'd made the papier-mâché underside of him. And um, there was a mistake on the prayer sheet that we printed for March and April. So we reprinted it. And so I recycled all of the prayer sheets. And we used them, stuck all over him, with papier-mâché. So under the yellow paint are all of our ministry head prayer requests for April and March. (laughs) Thank you very much to Joan and to Sally Ashton who gave me the fabric. Um, And and I'm very excited. And it got me thinking about the Narnia story and about how Jesus is called the Lion of Judah. Now, of course... Jesus talked in parables, in stories, and they were stories that made people think. And in a way, I see the Narnia stories as making people in our generation think. Think about good and evil. Think about how to be forgiven. Think about having somebody pay the price for you. Now, 
The story in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, in case you're not familiar or you've forgotten it because it was a long time ago that you read it, involves four children, Lucy, Peter, Edmund and Susan, and they all discover a magical world called Narnia by going through a wardrobe of fur coats. And in this amazing world of Narnia, there's an evil presence called the Evil White Witch. And she has cast a spell of of coldness, of frozenness over the land. And she takes captive one of the children, Edmund. And the only way for Edmund to be released from this captivity is if um, blood is shed, if a sacrifice is given. And so Aslan, this talking lion goes to the Queen and is sacrificed, dies and pays the price for Edmund to be freed. And the evil curse is broken. And it's an amazing story, actually. Um, C.S. Lewis said that... um, He said... Oh, I've lost my notes. Um, Let us suppose that there is a land like Narnia... And the Son of God, he became man in our world. He became a lion there. And then imagine what would happen. For C.S. Lewis, one of Aslan's chief roles was to enable people to discover the truth about themselves. And the storyline and the religious symbolism of the Chronicles of Narnia has divided its readers. Some see it as childish and nonsense, And some, it is utterly transformative. Jesus is called the Lion of Judah in Revelation chapter 5. When I was younger, in my teens, I wanted to read Revelation and understand it. And someone said to me, just worry about the bits that you do understand in Revelation and the bits that you don't quite get, don't worry about them. And I found that really helpful because we read about Seals on scrolls and living creatures and seven eyes and harps and elders and golden bowls with incense. And yet, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb who was slain, is taking centre stage in Revelation. The only one who can take action to open the scroll. The only one who paid the price for our sins. So what an opportunity we have in front of us this weekend to reshare with our friends and neighbours the story of the lion, the witch and the wardrobe. Now I can just imagine the start of some of your conversations this afternoon or tomorrow. Have you heard about the 77 scarecrows coming to Down End this weekend? I heard about it at church on Thursday. Today, I saw an amazing model of a lion in church. You saw what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go there every Thursday. It's an amazing group of people and an amazing time with God. But why was there a lion there? Do you know the film, Narnia? Do you know the book by C.S. Lewis? The opportunities for you guys are immense for those little conversations that you might have with your neighbour, all about a lion. 
You don't have to say, by the way, you need to pray and be saved. And You can just start the conversation and see where it goes. I had a great conversation with somebody who I went to primary school with over the Easter holidays. I was telling him about this lion that we've been making for weeks. And he said, when I explained the story of Narnia again, he said, I never got it before. I think I understand it. As if the penny dropped. Now, there's a variety of ways to see Jesus in the Bible. We see him as a vulnerable baby, a boy in a family, a man being tempted but staying strong. We see him as a teacher, as a leader, someone that was thoughtful, caring, compassionate, somebody that was not so important that he couldn't wash people's feet, cook fish for them. He was prayerful. He didn't answer back when he was falsely accused. Goodness me, I would have. I know I would have. He reassured disciples. He reassured women. And then he left them to go to heaven. And for me, that final picture in Revelation of the Lion of Judah is such a powerful one. Because like those two men walking to Emmaus, seven miles, they then turned around and walked seven miles back immediately. That was quite impressive, I thought. It's like us walking down Cleve Hill, or walking down Heath Walk, or walking down North Street, or Badminton Road. We're not walking on our own. Those guys walking to Emmaus, they weren't walking on their own. And for me, and those scary moments... Those worrying moments, I can think about a lion walking with me. It's not me on my own having those conversations, those brave conversations. It's not me on my own facing those things that I need to face because there is the lion of Judah there with me. A lion who is powerful, who is all-saving. And I just, I love... The fact of the way that the Emmaus story is revealed. I love it when the guys are just telling Jesus, are you the only one who didn't hear about what's been going on in Jerusalem? Are you the only one that didn't hear about it? And even better, when they tell him the stories of what Jesus did. Jesus must have just been chuckling inside, I guess. Was he? And then Jesus reveals... He explains the scriptures, which is of course what he would have done. He explains about the Old Testament and going from Moses and the prophets. He gently taught them. So suddenly I am feeling a lot more bold. Bold to go out and tell Damend what I know to be true. I can see the impact that Jesus had on those two young men going to Emmaus because they turned around and walked another seven miles. And I just feel that they were emboldened with the risen Christ. And really that's something that I want us to feel today, is emboldened. So here I am with a lion beside me. But actually, you all have a lion beside you. Amen. Amen.